1: God said, I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink-combed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbrough, and glad you're back with us again this week. Got a good one for you today. I'm going to be joined by Cindy Patterson. Uh, She's a homesteader up in Saskatchewan, Canada. I think you're really going to enjoy hearing about her homestead and all the things that she's doing up that way. I hope you've been watching the uh, Mother Earth News Online Summit this week. It's been... Well, I'll be honest with you. There's been a few that have been really, really good, and there's been a few that's just, in my opinion, been okay, but uh, well worth taking the time to sit down and watch some of them. There's there's been a couple in particular that I thought were just excellent, and it's been worth watching. If you still haven't... uh, Uh, signed up for that you can jump in now and still watch the ones that are left to to watch and there's going to be some encore presentations at the end you can just go to smalltownhomestead.com forward slash homesteading summit and it'll take you to a landing page there where you can sign up and get in and uh, watch a few uh, the last few days of the presentations it's been really good there'll be like I said some opportunities to watch them other ways you can watch at a later date, in case you're listening to this podcast uh, when it's all over, um, but yeah, it's worth checking out. I think you should go in and, and check out what, what's going on at the Mother Earth News Online Summit. I'll have a link in the show notes for that as well. You can check out. And with all that, let's just go ahead and jump right into the interview with uh, Cindy. It's kind of a long interview. We had a nice long chat. She had a lot of stuff going on in her homestead, and we had a good conversation. So let's just uh, head on over to that interview. <laughs> Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Cindy Patterson. Cindy's homesteading in Saskatchewan, Canada. And, uh, Cindy, welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast.
0: Great. Thanks.
1: Uh, would you just take a couple minutes and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started homesteading?
0: Well, we, uh, we kind of actually started uh, a little slowly at a time. We, uh, we started out with moving to the farm about three years ago uh, for there's a husband's family farm. So we moved out here. Um, we had, they had, you know, some cattle in the garden, of course, but uh, our youngest child is our son. He uh, couldn't have cow's milk. So we were buying goat's milk and it's very hard to find. And, you know, it, Expensive. And my husband said to me, Why on earth are we going to all this trouble to have to drive an hour and a half and try and find this goat's milk and not be able to find it when we have a farm? Why don't we just buy a goat? (laughs) So (laughs) I was like, Well, I don't know. Why don't we just buy a goat? (laughs) So we, uh, yeah, we bought our first couple goats and started milking. And, you know, we thought, Well, hey, this is pretty handy. And and then uh, after that, we, you know, started doing a little more research on other animals and Mm -hmm. things and thought, you know, we wanna know what's in the food we're feeding our kids and and where it comes from and know that it's something healthy and mm-hmm. we had uh we had decided that we were gonna, you know, try and produce as much as we could and then but there was three shopping trips in a row that we went and uh we got home and had all our groceries put away and a couple of days later found out that one of the things that we had bought was recalled due to, you know, contamination or whatever it was three times in a row so after that we're like you know what (laughs) instead of shopping and spending all this money and then you know having to find out that it's been recalled because it's contaminated or there's something in it let's just produce our own food Mm -hmm. so kind of went from there. Yeah. It's so, a, a common story.
1: Everybody <laughs> wants to know what they're eating for some reason. I don't understand it.
0: <laughs> that's right. And you know, we we started and it's kind of one of those things that I always tell people that uh, you know, we we talk to a lot of people about homesteading. We say it's very addicting because we started with two goats and now we have hmm. 10 goats and, you know, 20 cows and a milk cow Mm -hmm. and chickens and quail and rabbits. And (laughs) once you start, you just kind of, you can't stop. (laughs) Yeah, you
1: had a little bit different gateway animal. I think it's usually chickens, but yeah, goats works too, right?
2: (laughs)
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah, usually it is the chickens, But yeah, mm-hmm. we, we start with the goats and, and we love it. And, you know, we get the kids involved and mm-hmm. and it's nice to, you know, have a meal and you look at your meal and you know that everything that, that's there you've produced and you know what's in it and you know that it's healthy and you don't have to worry about it making anybody sick or mm-hmm. having chemicals in it. So it's, we're really proud of that part of it.
1: Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's the cause of a lot of problems in the world right now is just the way the food is and yeah, I agree with you. If uh, so many people would just start thinking like, like you're thinking and, and grow their own, uh, <laughs> I think things would be a lot better. I think it would be a lot better for our health care system and, and everything else. So Definitely. Yeah. Well, would you tell us a little bit about your homestead? I mean, the layout or what? how many acres you have or what are you doing there?
0: Well, we're a little unconventional in the homesteading world because we actually um, – we're on my husband's family farm, so we actually – they actually are grain farm – um, and cattle farmers uh, mm-hmm. to begin with. So we have about 700 acres oh, wow. of land that way. But um, the actual homestead part itself, we have about 80 acres, I
2: would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know,
0: we, we yeah, we do have a bit bigger of, um, of land. And then we probably have about 40, 50, 40, 50 acres of pasture land mm-hmm.
2: as well. So, okay.
0: yeah, so we're, we're not, you know, as small as most homesteaders, but, you know, we uh, we're lucky to have all that extra space that so we can everybody free range and yeah. and pasture and all that sort of thing. So of
1: the uh, of the part you're using is it a lot of it past pasture or is it a wooded or?
0: What? Um, well, up where we are up in Saskatchewan, we don't have like we have woods, but it's not like what most people think for you know for forest kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like we have we call it bush up here. Um, so we do have some bush around, but for the most part, it's just flat, open, <laughs> um, you know, kind of meadowy kind of
1: mm-hmm.
0: land. Great, great so, for
1: livestock then for sure.
2: Huh?
0: It's great for livestock. Yeah. Not yeah. so good for, uh, you know, getting wood for your wood stoves, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, you know, we have a lot of poplar up here and white poplar is okay, but the black poplar is not so good for burning. So, okay. Yeah, so yeah, we have to you know look a little harder for our wood. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Now uh you, okay, so you're you're doing you're doing goats and uh and and what else did you say? Yeah, cattle.
0: We have uh beef cattle and then we just got our first milk cow oh, uh about wow. two months ago. So we're pretty excited about Miss Maggie. She's mm-hmm. you know, um it got a boyfriend coming here soon, so then we'll hopefully have uh have some milk in, yeah. you know, the next year. Um and uh we have uh, what else do we have? We have rabbits and we have chickens, of course. We have quail. Um, we had some turkeys, but uh, turkeys were just not our thing. We tried turkeys a couple times and they just about drove us crazy. So I'm just as happy to get turkeys from, you know, and a couple other homesteaders that we know of that are yeah. really good at it. So- <laughs>
1: I'm hearing that from other people too about the turkeys. <laughs> That's Sur- surprising. <laughs> a little surprising to me, but yeah.
0: You know, that was probably one of the lessons that we learned um, kind of early on was that you can't do everything, and that's okay. You know, yeah. we tried to do everything, and it was like we, we're just not good at some of these things. And, you know, there are people that are very good at it. And so, we, you know, you build up that community of people that you know that do what you can't do or what you sure. don't want to yeah. do. So. Yeah.
1: Smart, yeah. So many people try to do – there are a lot of people who do try to do everything, and, and it just doesn't work, and they get burned out. And, yeah, it's a smart thing just to rely on other people to, to do the things you don't want to do or aren't, or aren't as good at or aren't set up for, and, and it takes a lot of the pressure off for sure.
0: Exactly. And we and it's nice because you, you meet a lot of like-minded people that mm-hmm. way, and, you know, we've set, we've got quite a good system of quite a few people that, that are also homesteading or, um, you know, at least living sustain a little more sustainably which is what we kind of aim for so we do a lot of you know trading back and forth or um you know like we'll buy from them they'll buy from us kind of thing but yeah so it makes it kind of nice because they can specialize in what they're good at and we specialize in what we're good at and right. everybody's yeah. happy yeah yeah well, let's talk a
1: little bit about your chickens how are you raising those you free ranging them and you got, got rotation well, raising what are you doing there
0: we have um three right now we've got three pens set up for our Mm -hmm. chickens, so um they kind of we've got um everybody takes turns free ranging and we only let them free range in the afternoon when we're going to be around just because Mm -hmm. we have a lot of foxes and coyotes around and actually we we just lost about 10 chickens um about a week ago to to the foxes and coyotes so we're we're very careful to make sure that we're around when they're free ranging because we do Mm -hmm. like to let them free range but Um, for the most part, you know, they have a big kind of a a pen so they are they do get to go outside and you know check out the grass and eat and and they get a lot of kitchen scraps and that sort of thing and then once a day we let them out to free range and we kind of alternate that so that everybody doesn't get mixed together yeah
1: everybody <laughs> likes the glamour and the idea of uh, free range and until half your <laughs> block gets picked off by something right <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah and you know we had a we had a skunk in the yard so we we had everybody locked up for a bit till we we managed to relocate the skunk because <laughs> otherwise we would have had skunk snacks so yeah, we no, no. Uh, we yeah kept everybody locked in but they still do have a pen. like they're not in little cages and they're not you know they're they're happy we, we always say happy chickens make you know good eggs so, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: so just uh, layers or you have meat chickens also or?
0: we have a little bit of both this year we didn't mm-hmm. have quite as many meat chickens it just you know it was a little bit chaotic this year so we didn't get quite as much done in the the meat chickens but we do have like we have um barred rocks Mm -hmm. and we have um some orping tins and then we have just your your you know isa brown you know your basic brown chicken and uh what else we have we have some australorps and we kind of have a variety we like you know all different color we like the rainbow eggs the kids call them so they like to see you know who's laying what color and so americanas that sort of thing so
1: yeah how many birds do you, do you have
0: um right now i think we're up around that 80 90 mark oh,
2: wow. we we
0: at our top um at the highest I, for laying birds we had about 160 um and then of course you know some got eaten and we you know, some are getting old, so they of course go in the soup pot. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Nothing gets yeah. wasted.
0: That's one of our our things. You know, if you stop laying, you get you make really good soup stock. So you go in the soup pot. <laughs>
1: you got a whole different retirement and plan for them, right?
0: <laughs> that's that's right. Well, you know, we always say that um, being or coming, you know, animals that live on our farm. You know, everybody's here for a purpose. We don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't, you know, we don't sugarcoat it. We don't tell the kids, oh, this is just a pet and, you know, whatever. It's Everybody's here for a purpose, and yeah. we just make sure that they have a really good life and that they're well looked after and loved while they're here. And, and you know, so yeah. that goes for our pigs and everything. So yeah.
1: that gets overlooked uh, so much. I mean, I know people who have actually... Got into homesteading uh, just for that very reason. They just they hate the unethical treatment of animals, and but they but they're meat eaters, and but they yeah. want to make sure their animals have a good life uh, while they're here, you know, and and they want to raise them right, and they just hate the idea of them being you know cooped up and you know, shoulder to shoulder in a barn for their whole life, you know, or something like that. So yeah, they want to give those animals an ethical life. So that, yeah, I think that's great.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, all of our animals, like, you know, our goats, they, they free range a little bit too. They have an area that they go around and we just let them wander around the yard and eat. And, you know, the the females we keep for milk and the males um, that aren't going to be breeding go for meat and they end up, you know, we say they go to freezer camps. So mm-hmm. they <laughs> they do that. And, you know, we try to involve, for us, it's a, it's a very family oriented thing. You know, we, we involve our kids in everything, um, you know, the butchering, the raising, the, you know, cleaning the cooking like everything we want Mm -hmm. them to be involved and to understand where the food comes from and you know we we always visited the farm and and you know we were always the farm was always part of obviously their lives but not so much with the animals and so when we when we started doing this it really we've noticed changed you know they don't seem to waste as much food and they seem to eat better and Mm -hmm. it's almost like you know um you know, people come over and they're like, you know, this is the chicken. We, we raised this and we helped mom and dad butcher. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and you yeah. know, it's like they're just they're proud of it. And, yeah. you know, that's what we want is them to have a pride in their food and mm-hmm. and to know that they had something to do with it. It wasn't just handed to them. You know, I remember... Um, our oldest daughter, she's 15 now, and um, when she was little, we said something about you know eggs, and she said, "Well, mom, I want the real eggs that come from the carton." <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I mean, we we live, you know, my husband, his whole family's farmers, and we're like, how did how did this happen? How did our child not know that? eggs don't come from the carton they actually come from a chicken you know not just (laughs) they don't just appear in the store
1: right yeah unfortunately there's probably some adults that think that
0: (laughs) (laughs) that is very true yeah and you know it's it's sad that that's the way our societies become we become so detached from the way we look at our food and we Mm -hmm. don't actually put a lot of thought into it which you know which is sad because you know even we have a huge garden, and we just started our orchard, and, you know, the kids are just involved in everything, and I think that's so important to, yeah. to have your kids involved.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll talk about your garden and your orchard here in a minute, but I'm interested in what kind of rabbits you're raising. You said you're raising rabbits,
0: too, uh, right? We are. Well, it, they start. we started with some lion head, just, you know, my daughter wanted a pet mm-hmm. rabbit, yeah. and we ended up now we've got kind of some cross of, uh, I think we got a little New Zealand in there, mm-hmm. and we got um some i don't even know what kind i think we have a little bit of everything kind of crossed up yeah. in there so Mutt um, rabbits, the one yeah. <laughs> best
1: kind yeah we got
0: <laughs> we got you know a little everything rabbits is what we call them <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: and and quail also though right
0: we have quail yeah we've got quail and so you know we use them for eggs and then of course the little the little boys that you know don't lay eggs we we eat so mm-hmm. we uh we started those boats three months four months ago I guess and they've been quite a nice little addition you know the kids really like them and they just love that they have these little tiny you know eggs and and uh you know that they they're kind of they my son calls them you know kid size
2: yeah. you're <laughs> raising, you
1: raising those in cages or how are you raising those
0: um they are sort of in a cage like they're in a cage but it's it's a quite a big one and you know Mm -hmm. they get the grass and stuff but just because the quail um can fly straight up so they would be gone if we didn't you know have them (laughs) sort of contained so they have a little bit of a almost like a chicken tractor kind of deal so we move it around and you know they get to eat some real grass and and check things out but of course now we're getting cold so now we're going to build them a a pen in the barn or a Mm -hmm. cage of some sort in the barn because it's it gets pretty cold up here and they they probably wouldn't last very long outside in the snow and cold so (laughs)
1: you ever had a problem with any of them like uh, flying up and like breaking their necks on the top of the cage or anything
0: um we actually didn't and we were new to quail so we didn't know a lot about them but then after i read we had the cage was quite tall mm-hmm. um and then after we learned that we we shortened it so we mm-hmm. they've got a yeah. little bit like it's longer and, and shorter so it can't fly as high so right. yeah yeah because i was like oh these guys are really good at flying and
2: mm-hmm. my husband's
0: like yeah are they supposed to do? like are they keep bouncing off the roof <laughs> of the cage are they supposed to do that yeah i've
1: heard <laughs> of them breaking their necks like that And a lot of people put like netting above there instead of a uh, fence yeah, across the top They'll put like some kind of a netting across the top to keep them from doing that, but then I think sometimes I think maybe they can get hung up in the netting too doing that, so <laughs> yeah, they're they're yeah. tricky.
0: Yeah, and, you know, we, we just bought them and thought, hey, these are neat. Let's try these out. And then, like you said, after we had them all set up, we're like, oh, look, they have so much room. And then we're like, oh, let's maybe shorten that just so that we don't have that happen. <laughs> right, so, thankfully, right. we, didn't, we did not run into that problem. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, some of you get a lot of livestock. Do you guys do your own uh, processing or you take it someplace?
0: Um, we do. So, we do, like, our chickens, we do ourselves. Um, our beef, we, we – Sometimes um, slaughter them here, but then we take them in to be processed. So we just don't have anywhere to hang them. And mm-hmm. They need yeah. to hang them for Good that, job. you know, to cool. Um, the pork we're going to do ourselves, and then of course we hunt as well. So mm-hmm. anything that's that's hunted, we we process ourselves. So
1: okay. Okay. yeah, you, now that much, of course, you're you're selling this. It ain't all for you. You got a lot going on there. So I mean, how you uh, sell? Well,
0: well, we do sell some, but you'd be surprised. We have four kids, okay. and then my husband and I, and then my father-in-law also lives here. So we, we go through a lot of food.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, yes.
0: So we do keep quite a bit, but we do sell it. We we sell to, you know, we just kind of put it out there on, like, we have our Facebook page, um, and we're working on a website right now to, you know, help us that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it also helps to kind of offset some of the costs of, of processing and, you know, feed and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, so. sure.
1: Yeah, I know when we were growing up, it's like we would raise, like, three uh, hogs or something, and we would, like, sell one and keep two or something like that, just to kind of offset the yeah. feed costs and things, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, you definitely, you know, you're not going to make a pile of money, but, like, you know, even if it helps to just pay for for yours, you know, mm-hmm. that every little bit helps, so. Sure,
1: sure. But yeah, you definitely got a lot going on there. What, what kind of hunting do you do there? <laughs> you got the, like, just deer hunting or?
0: Um, well, we, up here we have, so deer um, is, is right, you know, coming up here. Um, they've had like muzzle loaders been done. And then my husband mm-hmm. does bow hunting as well. And that's yeah. passed. Um, and then you put in, um, you can be drawn for moose and elk and um, mule deer and that sort of thing. So we haven't been drawn the last few years, but my husband's family is actually um, is native. So they can hunt anytime. So okay. they've been, good about, you know, sharing a little bit of moose with us. So okay, yeah, <laughs> we've been very... lucky that way. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise yeah. we just, you know, we have deer, so we get mm-hmm. deer and then, and then of course we haven't been brave enough to try it yet, but uh, we've been trapping beaver. They have like a, we have a beaver problem here where mm-hmm. we have kind of a overabundance of beaver and they're, they're just completely desiccating any forest wood bush land that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so they actually have a bounty on them right now where you trap them and then you can turn the tails in for you know for some money. So, somebody told us that you know oh, you should try eating beaver, but I just I just can't quite get there yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: not I don't,
0: there
1: yet. <laughs> Yeah, I would be. I've never eaten eaten one, but I, I guess I probably would if somebody knew how to do it right and you know knew a little I, bit about I, it.
0: I think, yeah, definitely. I think that if somebody, you know, told me or, or cooked it and, you know, I would try it, I just, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with it. And... <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. So you guys have some, some water on your land then if you got beaver out there, right?
0: We have quite a bit of water, actually. Um, we, the last two, three years has been very, very wet around here. So we've actually had flooding going on around here, like mm-hmm. flooded roads. We've been kind of, you know, almost, um, stranded where we are the roads have been flooded over and we've had yeah. to drive through fields and things to get out um and so with all that water of course the beavers have just like multiplied like crazy wow. um and so yeah they actually had like a, a beaver um like a derby kind of thing around and they've like so they've got this bounty on them now just because there's just so many of them
1: mm-hmm. peltworth anything up there or
0: um the pelts are I don't know personally like we we haven't found anything to do with the pelts. I would like mm-hmm. to um, but I know there are some trappers around that do take the pelts and yeah. and um, sell them and I don't a lot but you know they are worth a little bit i think <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i mean that's what i've always heard yeah i've never never uh, done anything with them either we have them around here but uh, not like you guys have them evidently
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well i think the the guys like my husband and my father-in-law they set up the traps and you know the, the kids help mm-hmm. um and i think they've got about seven like conibear traps and then they've got about or sorry, four bear traps and like about seven or eight like snares they set, and they usually catch about two three a day. So,
1: oh, well, good good skill to have too. Anyway, for the kids, <laughs> to learn for sure, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, and our you know our daughter, our kind of our one of our middle daughters, she's she's hilarious because she's right in there like a the dirty dirt, and and you know our son, <laughs> he's he's four and he you know come on grandpa, let's go check see if we got a beaver.
2: they <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exciting, so
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, they're right in there. And, you know, we have to tell them, okay, when you go to school, maybe don't tell the kids that you have, you know, we're chopping beaver tails off. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you might scare some of the kids. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Well, uh, is fishing a big part of your homestead, too, then? You got a lot of water there, so.
0: Well, we have water, but unfortunately we don't have a lot of fish really? in it, so we do really like fish, Um, but we would have to travel, like where we are, we would have to probably travel about a half an hour, 45 minutes to get anywhere that that has, you know, fish worth eating. That's surprising. So. me.
1: Just assumed <laughs> up there you'd have some really good fishing opportunities on your property.
0: Well, you know, up north more they do, mm-hmm. I think, but down here, you know, we have, you know, we do have some lakes around that have some good fishing, but... Personally, yeah, you know that you can stock your your fish ponds, mm-hmm. but they're more for, of course, for uh, you know looks and for entertainment. I mean, you could fish them, but yeah, not nearly as nice as the ones that are out there, you know, in the wild.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, I, I like to hear about your garden a little bit. What you being, what's going on with that?
0: Oh, we actually, you know, what I have a huge garden and. Um, you know, my, my father-in-law, um, he's, he's had a little garden in it, you know, for, for years. And before that, his mother had a big, a big garden in it. And so when I got here, I mean, this garden has been here for years. So we've just kind of been kind of build up the soil because of course, after all those years, it's starting to Mm -hmm. get kind of tired. So, (laughs) you know, we've been hauling in mulch and manure and, and, you know, if there's one thing we have, it's a lot of poop. So Mm -hmm. we've been putting a lot of poop out there (laughs) and, uh, you know, some, some compost and that sort of stuff, just to try and build up the soil. But, you know, we grow potatoes as a big crop. We had a huge potato crop this year. We, uh, we planted about 400 hills of potatoes and I, I think, you know, we'll be eating potatoes for the year at least. Um, so we've got, you know, potatoes and like a lot of our root vegetables, like Mm -hmm. carrots and beets and things, those do really well and onions and, uh, You know, cucumbers and lettuce and it was it was actually a good garden year this year. Last year wasn't so good, but this year was really good. So, you know, the pantry is full and the and the uh, the cold storage is full. So Mm -hmm. I think we should be good going into winter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you don't utilize any uh, season extenders like greenhouses or hoop houses or anything like that.
0: Well, um, my husband actually just built me a greenhouse this year. So now mm-hmm. we're quite excited about that. We're going to, we're going to try and, you know, plant a few things there just to try it out. Cause it gets so cold here yeah. in the wintertime that we're, we're trying, we've got to play around and see how we could keep it, you know, from freezing. Cause I mean, of course we get up to like minus 40, minus
2: 50, mm-hmm. um,
0: you know, up here, which, you know, I don't know the conversion, but it's very cold. yeah
2: yeah <laughs> And,
0: um, all the you know all the the people around here that have been around for years and you know we call them the old timers around here have, have, keep telling us that it's going to be a very very cold long winter so we're we're going to play around and see what we can make work in the greenhouse and sure, you know yeah. have some fun with it yeah,
1: yeah well it sounds like you're 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 set on food for the winter you should be all right there <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so we've got the you know vegetable garden and then we started our herb garden of course that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know we've we've got the herbs in there and then we've got you know our little bit of an orchard that we've we've kind of started so we've kind of we're trying to ha- be able to produce as much of our own that we don't have to buy as possible so yeah. you know and then of course we forage in there as well that helps to kind of offset a little bit so you know some of our berries and herbs and and that sort of thing we what, we forage for
1: what What do you have in your orchard what, what are you growing there
0: um, we have, um, apples and we have plums and Saskatoon berries and we tried planting blueberries, but I think, I don't think our soil is quite acidic enough for them because
2: right, yeah. I mean,
0: they're there, but they're not really doing anything. So we've got to play with those a bit and mm-hmm. we've got, um, something called a haskap berry. Now, I don't know if you guys have those I, down there, but i never heard of one. <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of like, a. They're kind of like a, a blueberry, but they're bigger and they're kind of, pr- they were made, you know, for, for our climate kind uh-huh. of thing. So we've got those, we've got a few grapes, we've got raspberries. Uh, uh-huh. What else do we have out there? Oh, pear trees. So a little bit of, you know, kind of everything. Yeah, a
1: lot, a lot going on there. Wow, well, it th- sounds like you you guys have taken some uh, major uh, steps to s- self-sufficiency and, and down that path because uh, you guys got a little bit of everything going on. You pretty much got your bases covered all the way around, don't you? <laughs>
0: Well, that that was kind of our, you know, we kind of, you know, after we tried to do everything and realized that was not working, we sat and thought, okay, so what, what are the things that are important? And Mm -hmm. what are the things that, you know, we really want to concentrate on? And and so that's kind of where we went from that was to you know try and have everything have a purpose and and so you know we we focused on the vegetables that mm-hmm. you know we use and you know the meats that we use and and oh you know, the herbs and that sort of thing and yeah
1: i'm curious about your uh, uh preservation methods for all this food i mean you got a lot going on are you just freeze it or do you do a lot of canning or
0: uh, we we do a lot of canning. I spend mm-hmm. probably the good portion of my summer. Uh, me and my my stove, we're very close in the summer, <laughs> and so we we can <laughs> probably from I would say the end of May, beginning of June, all the way you know up to like you know just last week I was still canning mm-hmm. the last of my you know some some beets and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, we do a lot of fr- of freezing, of course, but we try not to freeze too much because. Of course, we only have so much room, and with the meat, all our meat and stuff, we we put a lot of that in the freezer.
2: Sure, yeah. Um,
0: so we put we do also a lot of dehydrating and drying, canning, pickling, freezing, and then we have a really good cold storage room. So we, you know, all our potatoes and like some of our root vegetables and our pumpkins and that sort mm-hmm. of thing just get put in the root cellar for for the winter, and they keep really well. And we're very lucky, so you know, carrots and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. How long will they keep down there?
0: Well, we were actually eating carrots last year right up until May. Like, oh. you know, so, yeah, we were really lucky right up until almost like we were ready to start eating from the garden. So we we had about a month and a half, two months where we didn't have any carrots left.
1: Well, that's nice. Yeah, that's real convenient. Same, yeah. yeah,
0: and the same thing with the potatoes. You know, they lasted right up until about a month before you know, actually, I guess it was probably about two months because the potatoes took a little longer to grow, but mm-hmm. you know, so really we were quite happy with how how we had for storage. And we've, what I did last year was I just kind of kept track of what, um, what we had put up and how much we had put away and when it ran out so that we knew for this year going in how much more we had to, to put away and how much more we needed to, you know, plant and that sort of mm-hmm. thing just to kind of mm-hmm. play with it. So,
1: do you have anything else going on uh, as far as uh, growing anything or uh, any other homesteading ventures you're taking on?
0: Well, um, we've started now. We we also, like we make, I make our own soap and, oh. you know, we spin. Um, the other homesteading friends of ours have sheep, so we get some wool from them or some fleece from them. And I've, we've been spinning, um, you know, our own wool. And, of course, then I sew and knit and, and all that and with mm. the soap and, We do a lot of making our own, um, um, like cleaning products and, um, with our herbs and our foraging, we do, I also do like, you know, some of our own like medicines and things Mm -hmm. like that, like for, you know, for cold season and teas and all that sort of thing. And so we do that and, um, I bought a, two years ago, I bought my, my washboard, which my husband thought I was absolutely crazy, but I don't use it all the time. I said, like, I'm not going to, you know, I, there's seven of us. I'm not going to, like, wash all our clothes with the washboard, obviously, but I do, you know, get out the washboard and, and use it for, you know, some of the sheets once a month, get a good scrubbing mm-hmm. and, you know, if we have stained stuff or, you know, we went camping and to and everybody laughed at me when I brought the washboard, but they weren't laughing when I was washing the tea towels. <laughs> That's
2: right. <laughs> and we yeah. didn't
0: have to, you know, go into town and pay to do it
1: well you know and and the thing is about anything you have like that I mean it's not it's nice to know how to do it and to have the things to do it with and doesn't mean you have to do it all the time
0: exactly and you know right we're we're just trying to you know kind of do the things that are interesting to us now and you know explore and and that sort of thing like you know last year we put in our our wood stove which we got Mm -hmm. you know a wood stove that we can cook on and we use for heat um we, uh, so we're, you know, we're collecting wood and we're, so we're kind of working on learning to cook on the wood stove, which is a totally different, you know, thing from cooking on electric, of course. (laughs) So, yeah, we, we really enjoy, you know, our, our main goal is to, you know, teach our kids to be more self-sufficient and Mm -hmm. to know where our food comes from. And, you know, and now we're started to, to share these ideas and, and, you know, ways that other people can homestead and, and, you know, just help other people get started because it's such a fulfilling way to live. You know, it's, it's sure. so much more, it's just so much more fulfilling than buying everything out of the store and, and spending all your time on the computer, or on, you know, the TV. I'm not mm. saying we don't watch TV or play on the computer, but of course, you know, we're outside more and, you know, doing things as a family more. And we just, you know, it's, it's such a wonderful way to raise kids and have yeah. a family.
1: Yeah, I love it, that what you're saying there about, you know, reaching out to others. I mean, it, I've been talking to everybody I've talked to uh, just about has, has made comments like that, that are, we're trying to reach out and convince others that this is just a better way to live and, and it's healthier and it's just, you know, it's just a better lifestyle. And, and I, I just find that with uh, all most homesteaders I talk to that they really do have a heart to, to spread that message, you know, because so many people have forgotten this way of life that they just don't know what they're missing.
0: Exactly. And I think that, you know, one of the things I would say is that I think that in society's quest to simplify life, we've really actually made it much more difficult mm. and taken the simplicity away. You know, things were simple. We just made them difficult. Yeah, you know, yeah. there there's nothing, you know, more simple than going out in the morning and collecting your eggs and, you know, coming in and making your, your eggs for breakfast. I mean, that's simple, you know having to go to the store and shop and grocery shop and, you know, nobody raises their food anymore. I mean, that's not simplifying life. That's just to me making it more complicated. And, you know, we, I think you, you feel more empowered knowing where your food's coming from.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, I love it that you're reaching out and trying to not only just have an impact on your own family, but impact other folks as well. I think that's great. I, like I said, I, I think that's important. I think it's what we all need to do. Um, I just think it's just better for the world as a whole. You know, um, we are truly in the midst of a of a health crisis. We're we're, you know, in the midst of many kinds of crises, really in this in this world. And and a lot of it is around food and lifestyle and chemicals and and just all the things that seem to be taking real root in this world and um, you know homesteading has the answer to a lot of those things
0: exactly you know i i we were my husband and i were talking and i said you know when i was a kid i mean you heard about people who had cancer but i didn't ever actually know anybody mm-hmm. who had cancer and i mean now i mean i i don't have enough fingers on my two hands to to, to list the amount of people that i personally know that have or have died from cancer
2: yeah. you can't
0: tell me that's not something to do with what we eat and what we've done to our food and what you know sure. how we treat our food you know it's got to have something to do there's got to be something you know that that's a connection to that
1: oh i believe that <laughs> well you, if you listen to my podcast well, you know i believe that cuz i I've,
0: oh, affected, definitely. I've been
1: affected by it you know and and i i yeah. absolutely think it was from food you know and and i to be honest the doctors even said that uh when when we were talking about it you know that that was probably the cause of it cuz you know I just had a lifestyle where i was eating out eating a lot of junk food and and uh, yep. it can definitely uh, have an effect on you but
0: uh. well for sure i mean you know it's nice to have the the option to to know what you know you're you're feeding yourself and mm-hmm. to know what's in your food and and the one thing that we try really hard to do is you know there are people around in our area that are very adamant that you know GMOs and and mm-hmm. um, you know spraying your crop it doesn't go into the food and it's it's good for you and and it doesn't hurt you and whatever and you know the one the one thing is you know what I have my opinion you have your opinion yeah. and I I will share my opinion but I'm not going to you know belittle you or make you feel you know like you don't know what you're talking about or or make you feel bad because you know you're that's just making people more. Hostile, and they're not going to listen. You right. know, if you're, yeah. uh, you know, that thing you get more, was it flies to sugar than you do to vinegar, kind of thing. So,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. you know,
0: if I share my opinion, then am open to your opinion, and and you know, we're, you know, kind of sympathetic to each other, and and you're you're considerate to people, then you're more likely to um, get somewhere and, and yeah. be able to teach people.
1: And what I try to I've so, said to people before is, you know, I believe that I believe the human uh, body's pretty. Pretty tough, pretty resistant towards towards problems, but and when, by saying that I mean anything in moderation our bodies can probably deal with, but the problem is <laughs> nothing is in moderation anymore. It's it's in everything, you know, and uh, yeah, and it starts causing it starts accumulating and causing some real problems. I think.
0: Oh, for sure. You know, like um, for our bread, you know, I make, I I generally make our bread. I mean, there are times I buy bread. I'm not saying I don't ever buy it. You know, mm-hmm. you're in a hurry or the kids are going five different directions or whatnot, sure. and, you know, so we buy a loaf of bread. But why is it the bread you buy in the store can sit two weeks in the bread box and not go <laughs> bad? <laughs> yes, but I... the bread that I make from scratch after, you know, three days is kind of going moldy. <laughs> yes, I made that exact
1: same point on a podcast one time. We make our own bread, and yeah, it's, yeah it, don't last, it doesn't last very long, and the stuff in the store does. You're absolutely right, because it's loaded with preservatives, that's why.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You, bread was not made to last two weeks without right. going bad. That's yeah. just, you know, the Yeah. <laughs>
1: And it's like that with everything, and, and, you know, just uh, everything is made for shelf life these days for the profit end of Mm -hmm. it, and and those preservatives and stuff, I mean, like I said, I think you could probably handle quite a bit of that, you know, uh, to a point, but it's just we're so uh, hammered with it in everything now that – yeah, I think it's uh, you got to try to break away from some of that, you know, and, I, and I'm, you know, when I see somebody driving to a fast food, you know, drive through or something to get some food, it doesn't bother me. I just think that if you do that all the time, you're going to have problems, you know.
0: Oh, for sure. And I mean, you know, we not that we don't ever eat out or we don't mm-hmm. ever eat, you know, a bag of chips or whatever, but it's not it's not an every day and it's more of a, you know, every once in a while, you know, the kids go to birthday parties. I'm not going to tell them they can't eat those because that's not whole foods. And yeah. you know, I'm not, I, that's not realistic. And I think you got to set your kids and people up to, you know, to something that's, you know, realistic and something, something that's sustainable and something that, you know, you can continue with. Right. Yeah, like
1: if, if you can't, yeah, if you, it has to be attainable. It, it has what you're trying to do. Uh, it needs to be something you can actually do. It's very difficult to basically go cold turkey from all, you know all uh, store-bought uh, products and everything else. It's it just it's it, it actually is a hard life for anybody. Even somebody who set up you know with seven hundred acres, right? I mean, you take exactly. the, you take the average person in a town. I mean, they they can't come close to that. They have, but there are some things they can do for sure.
0: Oh, definitely. And I think that's the key to it is you need to make it so that it's it's feasible. It's something mm-hmm. that, that, that can actually be done. Otherwise, you're just setting people up for failure and setting your kids up for failure, you know. So that's kind of, you know, what we do is, is just try and, and, you know, teach them and, mm-hmm. and show them, you know, what's right. And this is what we do here. But I mean, if you go at your friend's house and, you know, they offer right. you a... A hot dog or whatever, you know, yeah. <laughs> by all means, have a hot dog sure. with your yeah, friend. That's you what know. I
1: feel about it, too. That's exactly the way I feel about it. You know, you're, like you said earlier, you're, you're going to turn more people off with the wrong attitude about it than, you know, than if you just, you know, be nice. And, and it's OK every once in a while to do those things. And, and But, yeah, just don't make a lifestyle out of it. I think that's the key.
0: Exactly. And I think, you know we'll, you know, hopefully build up more of a, a community that way. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of our goal. And we're, we're working on right now getting the website and the blog going so that we can share, you know, some of these things and, and hopefully, you know, um, and get more people. Because, I mean, not only is it make it, easier to homestead and to live this life, but I mean, it's more fun, you know, it's always more fun when you have somebody you can talk to and, and, you know, they don't look at you like you're crazy because you're, (laughs) you know, out there with your washboard, washing your towels once a month, but people that actually, actually think that, you know, what you're doing is okay.
1: Yeah, a lot of people and admire I agree it and with you. say, I could never do that, though. There's a lot of people that say that. but And, and they don't have to do everything. They just need, it, it, you know, just if we can convince people to do something, you know, just a little bit of something and, and started. And like you said earlier, uh, it is addicting. You know, you start doing one thing is. and you find you're doing another thing and another thing, and it's an addicting lifestyle. It really is. For
0: sure. And, you know, one thing that I, I say in, like, um, you know, in in talking to people and trying to convince people to do this is you don't have to live on 700 acres you Mm -hmm. can live in town in an apartment um you know have a a pot on your deck with a tomato plant in it Mm you're homesteading you know
2: um
0: choose to maybe hang your towels on your back balcony instead of putting them in your dryer
2: Mm -hmm. um
0: you know shop at the farmer's market at the very least i mean you know Support the farmer's market and and buy local food and food that, you know, has maybe been raised a little more and take the time to talk to the people who are producing your food, you Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. It's things as simple as that. You don't have to, you know, be like us where we, you know, can everything and raise everything and, and, you know cook everything from scratch and and you don't have to be like us you can you can start so small and simple and still make a difference in your life and the environment and everybody else you know
1: i think you're absolutely right i think there's little steps that people can take and just make a huge difference if a, if the majority of people would start to start doing those things absolutely
0: oh for, definitely and you know that's kind of our hope is that you know we can share and and you know Turn people on to, to this way of living because it is it is so rewarding and mm-hmm. not just, you know, in our children and, and watching our children be happy and know where their food comes from and be proud of of their food and, and
2: mm-hmm. proud
0: of, you know, hunting with dad and that sort of thing. But just to know that, you know, hopefully when they grow up and have kids, that they'll pass that on to them as well.
2: Sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's some good advice for, for folks that are getting started. I mean, you, you know, you're saying even if they live in an apartment or whatever, I mean, that's that's really good advice. I'm glad to hear you say that because – and I find that, you know, that most people, even when they have big acreage and they're doing everything, they, they realize that not everybody can do that, and yet they still understand that there are things that other people can do, especially in a community of people. You get, uh, you know, 20 different people, uh, doing 20 different things and then sharing with one another, and then everybody has a little bit of everything. So I think that's a. I like the community uh, efforts that are being made in some places too, like
2: that.
0: Yeah, it, me too. I was like, you know, for me, community makes it so much more worthwhile and makes it so much more, you know, fun and interesting. And you learn because, I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I mean, even when I'm, God willing, 80 years old and have been doing this for years and years and years, I still will not know everything. Sure.
2: And so there's
0: always going to be somebody that I can learn from. Mm-hmm. And if there's ever a time when I know everything and I can't learn, then I better be a very rich person and, you know, <laughs> yeah. be worth a lot of money because I know everything. So, there you, go. you know, I that's one of our – one of my philosophies is that, you know, I will – and I, you know, I love to learn and I love to, to listen to people and there's always a different way of doing everything, doing mm-hmm. things, you know, just cause I do it this way doesn't mean that there's not another way that maybe works better or, you know, that also works.
2: So right, right, you can
0: right. always learn and, and, you know, that's part of the fun too. So if you have a community of people doing all different things or doing even the same thing you're doing, you're still going to learn and, and be able to, you know, enhance your skills and,
2: mm-hmm. and make it better. Oh, I so. agree. I agree.
1: Well, it sounds like you guys are, are doing a lot of things right there. And, uh, and
2: <coughs>
1: I think that uh, you, you guys probably are doing more than anybody I've, I've talked to so far as far as just a broad uh, scope of homesteading activities. I mean, you know, you really got a lot of things going on there. And it surprises me that most of that, like you said, is really just for your family. But, but you have a big family, but uh, you got a lot going on there for sure.
0: Well, yeah, like I said, it's addicting because we started small <laughs> and it just kept on going. And, you know, we're, we're yeah, we're just going to keep on going with it. You know, we've got plans. We've kind of got our, gotten meat some plans of what we want to do. And, mm-hmm. and you know, so next year we want to hopefully add in um, a smoker for smoking some of our, our meat to help, you mm-hmm. know, preserve it that way because that'll help. And, um, you know, we've got the greenhouse now, so we're going to add in that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you yep. know, keep working on the orchard. Just, just things like that. Yeah, just you know, little and so, things,
1: one thing at a time. Sure.
0: Exactly. You know, we're we're working on a little bit more permaculture now, too. You mm-hmm. know, in the garden and with our other garden beds and and that sort of thing. And I mean, obviously, right now we're trying really hard to get ready for winter, <laughs> which is a whole long big list, and yeah, you know, trying to get all done before the snow and the cold gets here. But yeah,
2: it's it's
1: a it's a major event where you're at. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, it's you know when you're preparing for it cold. It's as cold as we get. You you have to make sure you know that you have the feed put up for your animals and you mm-hmm. have bedding and they have somewhere warm to be and you know like we we have to put the straw over top of our herbs and our strawberry beds and and things like that because I mean otherwise they would freeze.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> you know,
0: get the wood get the wood cut and stacked for for the, the you know the fireplace and all that sort of fun fun stuff which I'm sure you're doing down there too.
1: So. Yeah, Indiana gets a fair amount of uh, where I'm at. We we get a fair amount of snow and it gets Pretty cold here. Uh, nothing like what you. I mean, you probably laugh at us for it, but it, you know. But but uh, it's it's bad enough. It's as much winter as I want. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, and, you know, that's, that's what it is, right? Like, I mean, what's cold to us? And, I mean, we, we laughed because we went down a couple years ago to, to Las Vegas in February. Mm. And people were walking around with, you know, parkas and, and toques. And we were, like, T-shirt and pants. Yeah. And we are like, what what are people doing? And everybody's looking at us like we were crazy. But, I mean, it was it was like a, a spring day to us. Yeah, I went
1: and took some trips down to Florida. And that's the way it is down there, too, in the wintertime. You go down there and everybody is they're dressed up like they're freezing to death and running around in tank tops or <laughs> something. You know, like, well, what's wrong with you people?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You know, they were like, well, we only have one pool open, but you probably don't want to swim. We're like, oh, no, we'll go swimming. It's fine. <laughs> that's and, you know, they all looked at us like we were crazy. But <laughs> Yeah,
1: that's why I like talking to people in other places. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll talk to people who, you know, are in climates that are year-round growing, you know, where they just, it's warm all year round. And then talking to, you know, folks up in your way that, are, you know, it's you guys have some pretty harsh winters up there. And homesteading is different for everybody, you know, and it, you just got to take what you have. The climate you're in, exactly. the, the, the land you have, and, and do the best you can with what you have.
0: Exactly. For sure. And, you know, so, and that's kind of what we try to share on the Facebook page and what we're, you know, like I said, trying to work on building up. So, yeah.
1: Well, uh, I won't hold you up any longer. Where, where can uh, folks get a hold of you uh, online and see what you're doing?
0: Well, um, right now, all we have is Facebook. So, people can find mm-hmm. us at Homestead Therapy on Facebook. So, okay. we, yes. Uh, that's our Facebook page, and okay. they can find us there. And we are hoping in the next you know month or so to to have a blog and a website up and running, and to, to be able to share you know some of our recipes and some of our tips and tricks and different ideas and ways that people can get started or mm-hmm. can can you know like I said you know even in a city can homestead and and not feel quite so overwhelmed because I think that's the the biggest stumbling block for people is it can be overwhelming
1: mm-hmm. well i think that's great what you're what you're doing and i'll, I'll put a link to the uh, to your uh, facebook page in the show notes and when you get that blog up and running you let me know and i'll add that to the to the show notes of this uh, podcast
0: you very much it was nice to talk to you and look forward to to listen to your podcast some more because it's my it's my driving music i put it on and <laughs> listen to it while i'm driving and yeah
2: i so. do the
1: same thing i have a bunch of favorite podcasts and i just listen to them while i'm driving all the time and that's how i get all my information too but uh yeah i'll uh i'll definitely be uh uh looking forward to talking to you some more in our facebook group at the homestead front porch uh, you're pretty active in there and uh and I love you yeah, know how you're always posting things in there and, and, and getting involved in discussions. So I really appreciate that too.
0: Well, thank you very much for starting it. It's wonderful. You're you're a great uh, you know source of information as well. So
1: yeah, it's been a great group. There's a lot of people in there who've really who've really uh, stepped up and uh, and helped other people out in there and, and answer a lot of questions. And I'm just glad to see people who are new to it asking a lot of questions too. That's always nice to see people not afraid to ask and try to get some information.
0: Yeah. And that's one thing I found about people that are do homesteading is that the, the the majority of them have the mentality of being very helpful Mm -hmm. and, you know, helping any way they can. And let me, you know, give you some advice and try this. You Mm -hmm. know, that's, that's one of the things I love about it is because everybody seems to have that mentality of, sure, you ask a question and everybody's going to hop in and give you an opinion. Yep, I've,
1: I've noticed the same thing. I think it's great. I think some of the, some of the greatest people on the planet are homesteaders. It just seems that way to me. So for sure. I
0: totally good. agree. Yeah. Well, it's
1: been good talking to you and, uh, and I appreciate you coming on the podcast.
0: Perfect. Thanks very much. We'll, uh, we'll be chatting to you on Facebook.
1: All right. Bye-bye. All
0: right. Bye-bye.
1: Well, I hope you enjoyed that, uh, listening to that, uh, chat I had with, uh, Cindy Boy, she does have a lot going on there. You heard her say early in the interview that uh, no one can be 100% self sufficient without community. And, uh, you know, she's right. But I'll tell you what, what I said to her about uh, they're doing more than just about anybody I've heard or I've talked to personally. Uh, They've got a lot going on there. And they've made some giant steps towards self sufficiency. And uh, I think their family's really blessed to have that that land but even if you don't have that kind of land there's just so much you can do you heard cindy say it even though they're on a lot of land i tell you that every week just about and i'm not on a lot of land and there's just so much you can do there's so much i have left to do here that i'm not doing yet and uh, so many uh folks would tell you the same thing that uh, don't have a lot of space to work with but hope you got a lot from that i hope it gave you some inspiration and perhaps maybe some goals to aim for and uh you can go to uh cindy's uh facebook page at homestead therapy i'll have a link for that in the show notes and also you can just jump into the homestead front porch facebook group where all of these interviews have originated from here in the last few episodes and you can jump in there and have conversations with uh you know everybody we've been we've been interviewing here so hope you'll do that hope you'll join the homestead front porch facebook group it is a closed group but all you have to do to join is ask and we'll get you right in there head on over and leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. There'll be a, There's a link in the show notes at the bottom. If you don't know how to do that, you can just click on that. It'll tell you how to leave a review. And we, we always appreciate uh, hearing from, from listeners. So hope to see you in the front porch, and thanks for listening. And until the next episode, which should be just this weekend, I have one more of these interviews, and then we'll go back to a couple of uh, topical shows after that, and then we'll just see where it goes from there. But uh, until next time, happy homesteading, and God bless.
0: Thanks for listening. To see the
1: show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com.
0: There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our
2: mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow.